Alrighty, guys. Welcome to another episode of the WealthWise Show. I'm your host, The Wise Investor, and today we're going to embark on a WealthWise journey of personal finance. Sorry, and personal finance. Um, and today's episode is kind of piggybacking off of last week's episode, and that was um, options, uh, in particular, call options. Um, so before I get into today's show, a couple of housekeeping things. Guys, remember uh, that this podcast, uh, myself, and this episode is meant to be educational purposes are meant to be for educational purposes only. Uh, it's not meant to be enticing to go and implement some strategies, option strategies. This is not meant for you as personal finance. Uh, please visit and see your own personal financial advisor. Please do not use this podcast or anything I say as you know advice. It's not personal advice, guys. Um, also, um, yeah, I think that's I think that covers it. This podcast is for educational purposes only. And I think that should be good enough. So let's get into today's show. Uh, I know last week I talked about a little uh, option strategy, you know, and it's something that it's, it's not like a secret. It's not like, oh, my goodness, I just broke the Internet with something that no one knows about. Uh, cover call options has been around since the beginning. So it's not like, you know. Uh, there's tons of videos out there. So if last week episode was a little, a little confusing, I'm going to try to clear up some of that, that confusion. But at the same time, you can feel free to go out and, you know, look up other YouTubers who may have dead call, call option videos. Other, you know, um, Investopedia, you know, they have cover call options uh, articles and to get a better understanding. Uh, but today, I really just want to talk about uh, actually what are options because you know I know to well I'm not gonna lie to you there's probably like four of you who listen to this podcast every week <laughs> which I, I appreciate all four of you including myself so I'm part of the four um, and so I know maybe you know the three who are not me uh, may not know what options are you know they may just be like you know hey what is an option um, and for you three since you guys have been rocking with me since the beginning, uh, which I really appreciate, I'm going to uh, try to, you know, clarify what are options. You know, uh, great. We know about the strategy. You told us about, you know, something about call, call options last week. You know, what what is an option, though? You know, how can I implement this into my personal finance? How can I implement this as making a part of, you know, um, whatever goals I have, you know, me and my advisor, we talk about it, you know, he's kind of busy, so he hasn't really explained to me what options are. So that's where I come in just to give you a little, uh, history on them, uh, and what, what they are and all that good stuff. Uh, so I have my outline here. So hopefully today's production is a little bit better, uh, a little more concise, not all over the place. Um, so basically what an option is, uh, in the short term, I, I kind of explained it last week, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically just a contract, a contract for the person who writes the contract to sell shares or buy shares at a certain time. Um, and so if, you know, if I wrote a cover call, you know, I'm giving the, you know, person who purchased that contract, the right, not the obligation, you know, you don't have to the person, if you buy a contract, an option contract, you don't have to do do anything. It's not like futures, um, but I give them the right to purchase 
uh, my shares at whatever price. And then same thing, if I, you know, write a put contract, you know, I give the person who purchased it the right to sell me their shares. Um, so that's essentially in a nutshell, you know, what a option contract is. Now, some people might think, well, a contract, do I have to write it up? Do I need a lawyer? What, what, what do you mean contract? Uh, and in theory, you may be right. Contracts are legally binding agreements, uh, typically. But in the case of option contracts, the broker, which is probably going to be, you know, whoever you have your brokerage account with or whatever account you have, uh, they do all that work for you. So it's not like something you have to write up. You know, they, you know, you put in an order to sell a contract, you know, they make it all up and they sell it. And then the person who buys it, you know, they don't have to sign anything because it's a, it's not an obligation. So it's not like, you know, you, well, if you are writing it, yes, you do have to <laughs> sell your shares or buy some shares. Uh, but if the person who purchased it, they don't have to do anything uh, because you get paid a premium. Uh, so I'm getting putting the cart before the horse a little bit on that. But when you hear a contract, you know, especially in the world of finance, um, you know, they're derivatives. They're not like, you know, um, like actual shares that you have. Uh, so when you hear contracts, you know, kind of put it in the mind frame of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know the word I'm looking for, so I'm going to skip past it. Uh, so it is a contract, but not something super like, you know, you're not going to get sued because typically if your broker is the one who's doing it, it's going to happen automatically regardless. You know, you're going to either get margin call or, you know, you have to put some money up. So, you know, it, you know, the way they have option contracts set up is where, you know, the broker pretty much controls all of that. Give me one second because I am a little stuffy. I just got to. All right. Sorry about that. So um, I know that was a word cut, but it was mainly because I am I'm not sick. Yeah, don't worry. Don't stop playing the video. I'm not contagious. Um, I have really bad allergies during uh, this time of the year. It seems like uh, every year around this time of the year, uh, I'm, I'm recording this in January. I think it's January. Uh, no, recording is February, February 5th. Um, so yeah, I might sound a little nasally more than normal. Uh, I might pause a few times. You might be a little weird cuss here and there, but just know that, you know, I don't want to sneeze in your ear because that's just disgusting. Um, so basically back to the options, those are contracts. The broker handles all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about writing a contract out. You don't have to worry about signing anything. Um, and understand that if you are a buyer of a contract, you know, you, you know, you don't have an obligation. And so you're not obligated to purchase or sell anything. Uh, you just have the right to do so. Um, so that's why a lot of people purchase options. Uh, for example, uh, if, you know, I want to buy some shares of a company and I think it's going to do really good over the next couple of years, but I feel like, you know, I don't want to go outrightly go buy those shares. Well, I might buy an option contract on that company and hopes that, you know, it's going to increase and then I can exercise my right to buy those shares at a lower price. So let's say a company is at $100 right now and I say, man, you know, the company at $100 right now. I think it can get up to $150, but I want to, you know, minimize my risk 
my exposure to this company because, you know, yes, I feel like you're going to get your $150, but I don't want to outrightly buy 100 shares right now. So instead of buying, you know, um, $10,000 worth of shares, you know, I'm just going to spend, you know, $1,000 to buy this option contract. And let's say it goes up to $150. You know, like, oh man, I was right. 150 bucks. Now it's time for me to either exercise this contract or not. And I'm like, you know, I paid the premium, you know, the premium is nice, uh, but I'd rather have the shares. So I, I will exercise the right to purchase those shares at $100. So now I have my 100 shares that I wanted of this company. And I, you know, I paid $100 per share. So I gave them my $10,000. But because the share price is at $150, I just got $50 per share. You know, so I just made $5,000 per share. Um, and I get to keep the shares and, you know, everyone's happy. And then, you know, the person who sold me the shares, you know, they you might be like, well, what about them? You know, they sold me the contract, you know, but there's a, there's a ways around that. The cover call option, which I've mentioned before, kind of alleviates that burden because in the process of me buying the contract, I'm giving that money to the person who wrote the contract. So it's not like they're coming off, you know, in the hole. They're, they're walking away with some money. And if they've done it right, you know, they probably bought the shares when it was $50 a share. So selling for $100 a share, they might not get the full $100 move from uh, $50 to $150, but they still got at least, you know, the $50 move plus the premium, the $1,000 that I paid to get the contract. Uh, so that's pretty much uh, almost the gist of how someone will utilize contracts to buy shares. Uh, and that's one aspect. That's call options. Um, but we're going to talk about all of it, not just call or calls and puts. We're going to talk about all that stuff. And so here are my show notes. Um, you know, the definition that I wrote, I guess, <laughs> uh, a call option provides the right, but not the obligation to buy the underlying security, which is the stock or the index or wherever the security that has the option. You know, and remember, securities are you know, stocks, bonds, you know, um, you know, future well, futures are not securities, uh, but index options, uh, ETFs, uh, you know, those are considered securities. Um, so when I say when you hear securities, just assume, you know, some sort of asset that's regulated. Um, so the underlying security at the set price before expiration. So I'm going to stop here at expiration. So these contracts you know, it's an option contract. They have an expiration date. That expiration date, you know, is the date that, you know, you can pick it if you want. Um, and that date is where everything has to be, you know, decided. So if I bought an option contract that expires, you know, in two years, in two years time, if I decided I want to keep the shares or not keep the shares, if I want to buy the shares, then, you know, I would then exercise my right to buy those shares at whatever the price um, at that date. So when you have an expiration date, you have up until then to decide, you know, if you want to either uh, buy the shares, if you bought the contract, bought the call contract, or you want to keep the premium that, you know, the contract made. Um, and so that's, you know, that's more of personal. That's not really has nothing to do with the explanation of what options are, but they do have an expiration date. 
Um, and back to what I was saying, it gains value as the security price goes up. So call options when the price of the security goes up, call options gain more money. The contract becomes more valuable. Remember I said, if I bought a call contract or call option for a underlying security and the strike price is a hundred dollars. Meaning, you know, the security, let's say the security is at $100 and I bought it at the money and it's $100. If that stock goes up to $150, well, that contract becomes more valuable now. Because if I were to exercise that contract, I automatically get, you know, $50 a share. And so that's why when the stock goes up, it becomes more valuable. Um, and so it does have a limited upside potential because stocks can go up crazy amount. They can just keep going up. Um, for a good example, GameStop, that is a uh, company a couple of years ago where the stock was like, you know, two, three dollars a share, maybe ten dollars a share. And it was it went up to hundreds of dollars of shares. And so, you know, in a short period of time by, at that so if you held a, the a contract, an option contract at, let's say, $10, you know, now the share price is, you know, $100, $200 a share. If you were to exercise that, you know, you just made $190 uh, a share. And so that's where, you know, the stocks, you know, if they keep going up, the more money that the contract will have. Um, now, the good thing about call options, though, is though uh, they have unlimited upside potential, they have a limited downside risk. So what does that mean? And so remember, options are just the rights to 100 shares of wherever the stock is or what have you. So it's just a right. It's a contract. You know, it, it, even though it does fluctuate with the underlying asset, you're not buying the asset until you exercise that contract. So if I buy a call option and, you know, it goes down, you know, the market or the stock goes down, meaning it's losing value, I will only lose the amount I paid in premium. So if I paid, you know, $1,000 for this contract, I, I'm only going to be losing $1,000. And so... That's, you know, why it's nice with some people you do the strategy because, you know, the loss, how much you are willing to lose, you know that up front. It's not like, you know, a secret. You're like, hey, I might lose, you know, if I put up $1,000, I might lose 10 No, that might not be the case. Well, that's not the case because, you know, you bought the contract for $1,000. Uh, so that's why options are attractive to a lot of people because the upside potential is unlimited and the downside potential is limited. Uh, so that's one of the reasons. Remember the call options, you want to go up when you buy them. Now there's another form of an option contract is put options. So puts are inverse. They're opposite. They're the opposite of a call option. Uh, so unlike a call option, put options uh, grant the right, but not obligation, to sell the underlying stock at a set price before expiration.
A long put acts as a short position, gaining value as the stock price drops. Protective puts serve as insurance, creating a price or price floor to hedge investor positions. So what does that mean? So like I said, it's inverse. So if puts, if calls means you want things to go up, you gain value, puts are the opposite. So like when you buy a call options, it gives you the right to sell, not buy, gives you the right to sell the underlying security. And why would someone want to do that? So think about it like this. You're like, you know, this company earnings last quarter was not that great. You know, and this quarter, you know, I'm hearing some stuff that I'm just not really liking. You know what I'm going to do? Instead of just selling all my shares, because, you know, it is a rumor. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy um, some put options. So when you buy a put option, let's say you buy it for $100 a share. Uh, the strike price is $100. And, you know, you buy the $100 put option and you're right. I knew it. The, the errands came in. It wasn't that great. Wasn't in line. The CEO got kicked out, whatever. And now the stock is in free fall mode. So what's happening now? Your shares that you own is losing value, you know, because your stock is going down. So what you could do is with your put option is, you know what? I'm going to exercise my right to sell these shares at $100. So if the stock is at $50 a share, and you sell exercise the right to sell those options or those shares at a hundred dollars a share. Now you're not participating in that free fall. You know, you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're, even though you might have lost something, but you at least protected a good chunk of your, your invested assets when you do something like that. So when you think about puts, you know, you buy it, the stock has gone down and you want to protect yourself, you exercise at a higher price. And so that is basically the general way you will use options. You know, what a call options, you have the stock, meaning you have a hundred shares and, you know, you sell the contract to, you know, someone and they buy it. And now that person has to write to buy those shares and, you know, it's a nice way to basically hedge, not just hedge, but produce income, like I said last week, but really nice way to hedge or buy shares. You know, if you know that, you know, you're not too 100 percent sure and you don't want to jump in, you know, buying shares, you can just buy options in the way in the money options and then exercise them later on and you know now you have a cost basis lower than you would have if you've bought them at market uh same thing with put options you know it's a sort of a hedge as well to where it's like you know there's some uncertainty in this um equity that you own and instead of you know leaving it up to chance that you know you're wrong because you feel like there's some that uncertainty may be the downfall of this particular company then now you can protect some of your uh, assets that you invested in that company. Uh, so those are the, pretty much the definitions of calls and puts. Remember, if you buy a call, you're typically you're going to be bu bullish. Bullish means you want the the market to go up. Basically, you you're you're on the upside. Hey, we're going up. 
And if you buy puts, you're typically going to be bearish, meaning, hey, there's uncertainty. You think it's going to go down. So those are the two difference between the call options and the put options. And the various reasons that an investor will use those is, like I said, you know, I will buy a call option if I want to buy those shares, but at a lower price at a later date. And if the inverse is if I want to if I want to buy a puts, you know, I want to sell these shares at a higher price if it went down, you know, at a certain date. So that's just a recap of what calls and puts are. And, you know, I use some terminology in here, you know, and I didn't explain it on purpose. But now that you guys stay towards the end of the show, <laughs> I will explain a little bit of what those terminologies are. So when I say strike price, strike price is literally just the price that you want to sell or buy at. So if you buy option contracts and let's say the stock is $100 and you want to buy the stock at $90 a share. So you're going to buy the $90 strike option. That's that's pretty much it. Um, and the, the inverse, you know, if you want to buy a put option and you want to sell these shares at $100, well, you're going to buy the $100 put option. You know, that's what strike price is. And then uh, expiration date. Is that's super uh, self-explanatory. You know, that's the date to where the option contract expires and the owner of that contract has to make a decision whether they want to exercise those shares or exercise the right to buy or sell, you know, those shares. Um, and yeah, I think I covered it. So next week episode, uh, I'm going to go into selling the contracts, like writing them. You know, I talked about buying this week and I talked a little bit about selling last week and a little bit this week, but I want to go in more detail on being the option writer, being the option, the person who sells the option to the buyer, you know, and how that can be more advantageous, advantageous. Um, I'm not even going to re- try to repeat saying that word. Uh, why it can be beneficial to a person who, you know, um, wants to sell them instead of buying because buying, you know, yeah, buyer options is really, really lucrative. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and a lot of people do it. But there is a lot of risk when it comes down to buying options, especially if you're buying them. Um, and, you know, if you're like uh, the puts, for example, you know, you don't own the shares, you're using cash to care puts um, or, you know, you uh, buying options, call options, you know, without having the money to buy the extra shares that you, you know, you buy the call options are. So some people do it in a way where they buy the option just to sell it. You know, that's their goal is to buy the option, the call contract to sell it when the price is higher to sell it to someone who may want to actually want those shares and vice versa. Some people will buy puts just to, you know, get the increase. Uh, get the capital gains from, you know, the down increase or the underlying stock going down. Um, so there, that is super lucrative, but there's tons of risks. Um, so on the flip side, where you will become a person who's actually writing these options, you know, you're writing the calls, you're writing the, um, the puts, you know, there's a little more level of protection that you can have when you actually own the underlying stock. Um, so I'm pretty sure on the put in, I got that a little backwards. Um, 
I'll explain it next week. Uh, so hopefully next week I'll feel a little bit better. Um, and we'll see. And so that's going to be it, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode. Hopefully you guys like the setup. Um, you know, I, I'm going to try to make it look a little bit better. I'm in my, uh, my bedroom and I don't have a green screen. And yeah, so we'll see. So I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Wealth Wise Show. I'm your host, The Wise Investor. And until next time, stay wealth wise.